Welcome to the Coach's Lounge Podcast, dedicated to the experiences from the real coaches' offices around the country. These are the great stories we love to share and hear from the gridiron, court, and fields across America. Now, join coaches Kevin Flanagan and Matt Marshall as they open the lounge now. All right, Coach, we are back in the lounge once again. We've got... We kind of upgraded this time. The lounge keeps taking different shapes, but this is how the other half lives. It's got a man. I feel like I feel like I'm like I'm worth a whole lot of money just for my sitting in this in this new lounge here. Uh, we've got a whole motley crew of people here, and uh, really excited. You know, the cool thing about every other episode we've done is that I haven't had a chance to meet these gentlemen prior. This is the first time. That I'd actually know one of the guys ahead of time, so I'm a little nervous about this. You should I'm not gonna be. lie. I usually, and, and, and we've interacted, so he kind of knows how off I am a little bit as well. So he's seen you, coach. I know it's so embarrassing. Need so, to talk to you about that later. Yeah, <laughs> it's been it's been. Uh, uh, but, you? Yeah, I'm the head softball. If I had to coach another sport, I would coach softball. There you go. Why is that? Because it's a fast-paced game. I agree. Uh, I think uh, you and I are the only two that think that. I think it's a great game. I would coach softball if I had to do it again. I love it. I might go back and do that. Well, you're looking for a job. You need a – I got a – could you be a head softball coach? I'd be anything you want me to be. There might be an opening. There might be an opening. There might be an opening. Somebody drops four straight. There might be an opening. There ain't no way that a softball coach is getting to 500 like the esteemed colleague over here. Where's high school you at? Tombo? Tombo with me. Yeah. Okay, now. The leg director you got now, you know how he going to be. No. Who's that? Sebo. What about – who's that? Who's that? that? What about? <laughs> I work with Sebo. You, you, you know, three of us are very quiet right now. Sebo, I don't have to be this. Mr. Vince. Vince. His first name is Vince. Yeah. Vince Sebo. At one time, he was my JV coach. I'm going to tell him that. Okay. And and uh, how? What, what's the relation here? Like what? we worked at Westfield together. Really? Yeah. How was he as a coach? Let's get into this. Yep. Sebo's a very good coach. Sebo's a very good coach. Yeah. You're very diplomatic on that answer. No, I'm really, yeah. He, Sebo's a very, he was very conscientious. And, uh, you know, he he worked at it hard. Weren't I mean, you the, you were the varsity O-line I coach. I was O-line coach. So the way y'all did it. Me and a guy named Dan Tardowski, who's yep. the superintendent. And in the way, uh, it's funny, when we got, I got hired with Coach uh, Ballard, we went into a meeting. So he brought us in. He wanted me to teach him how to come off the ball. So I was up there talking to him. I said, oh, you got to, you know, keep your back flat. And this back when we run the wishbone and all that stuff. I said, you're going to step, a short step. You're going to come off. You're going to drive and run through the guy. He said, well, show me. So I got up there and I said, T, come here. T was hard out. I said, come here. I'm going to show it. So I told T, get ready. I'm going to take a step and come into him. I come off into him. Henry, if you've never been around Coach Ballard, he said, ah, oh, that gummit. I want to see what you really mean. I said, what do you mean, coach? I want you to come off the ball. Oh, God. I said, yes, T? He said, yes. And I said, this is in the 80s, and I was about 280 to 290. I was in pretty good shape. He's said, about 5'7". Yeah, he's about 5'7". I said, all right, T, hang on. I come off, and his ass went against the wall over I said, he said, that's what I'm going to do. Do it again, T. He's <laughs> looking at me like, what the hell? <laughs> there, there's nothing worse than being with offensive line coaches when they want to demonstrate. They're at a clinic or something. You're on the – don't sit on the front row because they go, hey, stand up. Rookie mistake. You stand up, they're fixing to just – 
punch and just wear you out. It's oh, terrible. Because they never get any women. The only time offensive line coaches get any women is in high school, and then after that, they just get big and fat. Well, it's like they, our they, they just get bitter. What's our saying? If they I ain't too lady, they ain't a lady. Because <laughs> I will not hire you again. Well, why don't we do this? Why, before we go any further, because I love the way this is going, why don't we tell everybody who we're here with? I mean, first of all, can I just take the first and uh, – Go ahead. I just want to just tell Doug Rush. The one guy you know. This is the only guy the you've ever guy known, so you know. can introduce him. Congratulations. Kudos. Just got your 500th win. Yeah. That is nothing to be like. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, that means I'm old. That means you're old, <laughs> but it also means you've been productive in your old age. Yeah. And congratulations on that. And Jim didn't fire me. That's Jim didn't deal. fire you. He hired me twice. <laughs> I might be the only idiot in Texas. Yeah. Yeah. The only idiot in Texas to hire him twice. Hired him twice. Hired him twice. No, I didn't no. fire him. He oh, left me twice. He left you twice. Okay. okay. Then he's going to talk about offensive linemen can't get women. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> shade Coach Doug Rush, thank you for being here in the lounge with us. No problem. Coach, you want to take care of the other ones there? Yeah, yeah. So we got Jim Phillips and Jim. Uh, so I really – I heard of Jim because I was a student teacher with the infamous Vince Sebo a long time ago. Jim had just left, going to Waller. He was the old line coach. Vince got elevated to the offensive line coach. I was his student teacher, and uh, this has been a couple of years ago. And so I heard all the stories of uh, Vince needed to step up and and – I guess live up to the legend of of Jim who had been there at Westfield. So no, you can't do it. And it was obvious. It was obvious. He's a good coach. He's still my boss, so we'll leave it at that. I think the world of Mr. Zebo. I think he's over four. I'll do the same thing you're saying right now. Ever. Well, he doesn't know how to work a podcast because he doesn't know how to work any technology. So we're safe. So I just won't share this with him. But uh Yep, and uh, Mike has been Mike. You were how, how long were you defensive coordinator for uh, with Jim? Well, <laughs> oh, you none, so no years. No, Miller, that was Shane Crawford. Okay, so you didn't ever <laughs> work the defense. So Miller that's what I was mind. wondering. The defense always was terrible, so I'm glad no, that that's not my, true. Miller was my right hand man. He kept me straight when I screw up. Miller come got me out of trouble. Told me what I couldn't do, what I could do. That's a tougher yeah, job than coach secondary for him. Okay, good, good, yeah. So, and you've been coach. You were telling me a while ago, forty-seven years. Walter, forty-seven years. It's unbelievable. Did you really? And what school? Well, who was it? Oh, Gillis. Gillis told me to ask you about. Uh, he said every time he sees you, you take your shirt off. Yeah. <laughs> they used to look like <laughs> rip the shirt off and say, Gillis. Oh, I saw Gillis <laughs> just back in the younger days. Now I was in Austin, Texas, at a coaching clinic. <laughs> and I saw Gillis come down 6th Street. I'd had a few too many margaritas. And I jumped up, pulled my shirt over my head, yelled, Gillis and his wife was with him. <laughs> <laughs> he said, you humble just, uh, hello, Miss Gillis. Good to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> Jim used to could put a beer can between his chest. That's what I've heard. I don't know if it was a uh, natural stuff or and not. drink it or just just to, like just a, to like, hold like, it, just like, to hold like, it, like a koozie, yeah. crush a beer can between your chest. I was, back in the day, I was pretty hefty. Yeah. Yeah. He was a Canadian, what Canadian football player. I, I was in the Canadian for about one game, got released, and come home went to work. Yeah. <laughs> Where are you at? Which which Canadian team? British Columbia. So you guys have known each other, Doug. Y'all, y'all have known each other for how long? Long, long time. So I was at, I was at Lee College, starving, making like nine thousand a year with a crazy, soon-to-be ex-wife, and uh, 
too small. Do we need to edit that? Will she be listening to this? You think no, she's, she's not going to be on she that? She lives in Portland. She's probably. Not we don't. They don't have any Portland. <laughs> Portland's got higher priorities <laughs> right now. They got, yeah. more they got other yeah. issues. They got worse problems than other. Anyway, I was uh, starving, and she was giving me just absolute hell over it. So. I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna go get a job, another job. And so I'll go to coaching school in Fort Worth, Texas, 1992 or three. Three. 93. And for some reason, everybody in America wanted a job that that weekend. And we, I was in a suit and tie, and the line went all the way oh, outside no. in like 105 degree heat. And I waited in that line for two hours. Finally got inside, and I looked, and there was one head baseball job, Waller, Texas, which I had driven through. Nobody wanted to damn thing. They still don't. And I had driven through Waller like a few times back in the day. Without even knowing it. No, I knew it. I was like, my wife will divorce me if I ever move to a place like this. But anyway. But it's your ex. You wanted that anyway, right? It was going to happen anyway. Yeah. So anyway, I'm in there and maybe 10 minutes and Jim talks to me and hires me just on the spot. So. Greatest thing ever happened to me. He hired me back again a few years later. So he's been my he's been my mentor and my uh, the guy I looked up to and the guy yeah. taking care of me forever. Were, were you so you were in the job line for this? This was the job line you were in. The job line in a was, suit. It, Did you bring your kids? I didn't, no, I didn't bring my kids. Wife, you've I seen that? Wife, I, I don't think she ever job. made the water. Did she? No, she she they hired That's her right. Yeah, yeah, she was there. Clean, was she? And then she. So That's Mike a Miller, too. tell some Jim Jim isms. Oh, we love isms here in the lounge. Jim's got a unique command of the uh, English language. I can't speak. <laughs> I love I it. I don't talk very good. I, I, I'm not going to hide it. Well, things like the worms on the other foot. <laughs> the worms on the other foot. Are what the would foot, be the context the of that? Are, the shoes on the other foot. The worms on the other worms foot. On the other foot. <laughs> My words right. come out for I think. <laughs> <laughs> he, he told Shane Crawford. He he saw a picture of Shane Crawford's dad, and he's dressed up real nice. He says, "Shane, your dad looks like he just walked out of DQ magazine." <laughs> I didn't know Dairy Queen had a magazine. But he also he asked, walked out of the Dairy Queen. He also asked one time if Thanksgiving was on Thursday this year. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're we're going to schedule a playoff game. And he didn't want to play on – if is Thanksgiving on Friday this year? We don't want to play on Thanksgiving. Yeah, play on Thanksgiving. <laughs> hey, so tell me about what you got on your shirt there because I've heard stories about this, but I haven't yet it's researched called, uh, it. It's called Fan Control Football League. It's a new league. It came out – we just spent three months in Atlanta, Georgia. Great town. Yeah, I, I got second thoughts about that. Uh, That's where I'm from. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> they ran him off from there, too. Yeah, that's how you start. You're, 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 got you're, you're in Texas. That's about that's as good it. as you can get. For now. And, <laughs> and so uh, you, you, uh, we, had six, we had four teams. I coached all the offensive line. Coach John Jenkins is the head coach. And you coach them all week, but the fans draft the players and they call the place. So it's, it's, everything was good. It's, it's no no pressure on you. The only thing is when you're on the two-yard line, the 
some of them dumbass fans call a quarterback draw. You're thinking, damn. <laughs> so you you you're coaching four teams worth of of it's seven on seven. You coached all the offensive line for every team for every because team because they draft different really? players. The so team. the different pl- linemen will play on a different team yes. each week. Every week there's somebody. They had, to, they had like called a block party, and they had the uh, other one was called the uh, damnation. And there was five on five, five of them, and they, you know, they each each week somebody would draft them. And uh, the best story I got, I had a kid come out of out of uh, Utah. He was six foot five, three hundred fifty pounds. He got drafted in the third round. And he played ten games for the Titans. But when I saw him, he was a tackle. I made a center out of him because he was a, wasn't a long kid. He was a compact kid. And he ended up being the most valuable player of the league. I mean, he really was a good center. And it's a good game. It's a fact. You love it because it throw it every yeah, down. Yeah, it throw yeah. it every down. Well, y'all got some players too. I mean, I've yeah, watched we, a couple. We, of Johnny, Johnny, Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel. So, how do you go about watching this? And where is it? Like, it's, it's on like, a thing hey. called it's on a thing called Twitter. Oh, not no. Twitter. Uh, is that a thing? Not Twitter. Is that a thing? Twitter. What is this Twitter thing you speak of, Jim? What is it? Not Twitter. What is it on the web? It's a flash. It'll never make it. What the hell is that thing called? Twitch. 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 It'll be fun guessing. There you go. That's all right. The worm's on the other foot. Yeah, the one. Twitch. He's on Twitch. All right. So Twitch is, they go on Twitch. He bit the fish. He bit it. He did beat the fish. Next Friday at Thanksgiving. And when you go on Twitch and you watch the games, they had over – they told me 8 million people following it. No know. joke. It's all over the world. After I mean, this I, podcast, it'll be up to oh, 8 million, eight million and two. Seven. Yeah, yeah, two. Yeah, at least. <laughs> For sure. Hey, so how, so how does it work? Are they are they based out of different cities like a traditional league or is it all out of Houston? Well, or it's all it? out. Played in Atlanta. We all – they had us in a quarantine situation. We was all in a Hilton motel. We couldn't go anywhere but the Hilton. We went to practice, came back. Nobody could leave. If you broke the bubble, you got sent home. So all the players stayed in one hotel. All 105 all players stayed there. All, 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 all and played in a controlled environment. How was Johnny? You kept Johnny in Johnny there. Johnny was good. I mean, Johnny, Johnny, Johnny still could play. Johnny, well, of course, he, he's lost some of his fast twitch. He lost it to Twitter somewhere, but he's <laughs> not on Twitch. <laughs> not on Twitter, he didn't. Yeah. But he, he can still play. But when he yeah, he lost his fast Twitter. But when he gets in there, you can tell the game slows down, and he's very really good. Oh, he's a. Then they brought in this receiver. What's his name? Jordan. They played at Baylor. I was telling you about playing Houston Lamar, and he's one who got in trouble with all the drugs and stuff, and then got kicked out of the league. Not flash. Yeah, Gordon. Yeah, Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon. Pull that up, Jamie. Josh, Josh Gordon. Gordon. Yes, sir. <laughs> well, Josh Gordon, they brought him in, and he 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 made some plays, and he's a very good player. But wow. Some of these guys hoping to get picked up. Yes, that's why a lot of them play. They want to try to get a chance to go in there. And so how long, how many games does it We played eight games. Eight games in every – there's different combinations every game, every, right? Every week. Like on Do Wednesday night, they'd have one-on-ones. Like one-on-ones with, the you know, receivers and DBs. They'd go one-on-ones with the – so the fans could see who they wanted to draft. Oh, really? Yes. They're like a combine for the, every for the fans week. to watch. Yeah, every week. So each fan has like their own account and it's basically fantasy based yeah. on who they're drafting. That's right. And the different combinations. And then you win. And what do you? What do the fans get out of it besides the bragging rights? I don't understand. Bragging that. rights? Bragging rights, I guess. They get talked by the water cooler so they won. They don't get like a fancy draft Belt or anything? Uh, Actually, Dick Olin's son. Yeah. Go back to Dick Olin. Tate. 
Drew Tate. Drew Tate. Drew was Tate. coaching also, wasn't he? He coached tight ends. Did a very yeah. good job. I think Jim had to send Drew Tate home. I have heard that he got sent home. But it really probably wasn't his <laughs> fault, though. Jim it's his upbringing. It's his. News for him. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, genetically, he couldn't help it. Correct. Tate's so, a good football coach. I know that much. I'm sure he is. He's very Overcoming good. his father. Oh, yes. Yeah. Is... Olin hurt him. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell that story? Uh, can you tell the story why you sent him home? Yeah, I'll tell it. We was me and uh, the coach from Navasota, uh, Lee Fedora. Uh huh. We was working with the All Star Game when they used to have the All Star Game, which is a, another thing I think they're doing wrong, but not having mm-hmm. an All Star Game anymore. But they say they can't do it. Well, we was up babysitting. What we were was watching the hallways. So we're sitting there, me and Fedora talking, sitting on the ground. Sitting there in the hallway talking, BS, and all of a sudden the door comes open. Here comes Drew and a couple other guys, and they have a 12 pack of beer in their arm. <laughs> That's I, frowned upon. I looked at Fedora. I said, I don't think we're supposed to let them do that. He said, No, we're not. <laughs> so we go, Damn, Tate. He said, I know. He took the blame. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't bat an eye. I don't know how Dick Olin every episode finds every his way episode in. he finds his way in every time his name is every yet time. to not be brought and Lee Fedora his name's come up a lot too and, yeah because he had you doing push-ups and you played for Lee Fedora no just when we he was on the podcast a, we did the podcast before it was yeah, over he was a bully man he had he had me, like doing, doing planks on the table and bear crawling on bear crawling the, the stadium, stadium and like doing bear like why bear because he's a bully bullies never win Lee. <laughs> no, it was. Matt did uh, a good job with this bear call, though. It was, it was textbook. It was. It was one of those things where uh, he was proving. He was showing. Apparently, he makes all his uh, his, his uh, staff do push-ups and stuff if they're late or if they break the rules. They'll just break. You it know, Billy it. Hoppers. Oh yeah, it's I coached with Billy and Waller with yeah. Ross. Such a good guy. Better coach oh, yeah. with Moses. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> Just about. You taught him the part, huh? Yeah. That is for sure. So I got a question coming back to this. Is that some coaches would say that that's not real football? It's probably not, but it's fun. Oh, I was hoping for a more abrasive answer. That's a good way to answer it, though. It's probably uh, yeah, not. But very it's diplomatic. Fun. Very it's, diplomatic. It's, it's, it's entertainment. People like entertainment. So, you know, I'm a wishbone guy. Oh, so I, like, I, I, I like three yards. And, I don't care. I like my wishbone guy. I like three yards in a cloud dust, but people don't like it no more. Well, he was running wishbone in seven on seven. Imagine that. The fullback asked Jim, Coach, yeah, what do I do? You just run over there and run around and make somebody look at you. <laughs> the reason why I asked you that is because Lee, he had this. Let me just let me paint a picture for you. We walk into his office, right? And he's got a decent office, but you look at his desk and right behind it, there's this beautiful championship belt. Looks like it was. Matt's a wrestling guy. Man, it was gorgeous. Looked like, you know, like Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan. It had Adidas logo on it. It was professionally mounted on a wooden plank. Beautiful. Hidden up there. Just boom for all the world to see in its majesty. I asked him about that belt. It had Adidas across the front. I said, man, that's a beautiful belt. He said, yeah, we got it from seven on seven. It's not a real sport. You can have it. Hey, when Jim hired me, I, I didn't know anything about football. We were in the Not like now. Loser. What a loser. We was a wishbone. He coached one guy, the receiver. That's before <laughs> the days of the so infamous Doug Rush flag football league. named Dwayne Gregory. Oh, yeah. Who basically taught me what we were doing. 
And so then three or four years later, all of a sudden we had hired an offensive coordinator, Jason Morley, who we're pretty good friends with. And we were running this spread option crap and we had like three or four receivers off everywhere. And I went up to Jim, I was like, I, you didn't hire any of this, you need to get a pay raise. I, you hired me to coach one guy and I got married. <laughs> I, I need a raise. I need a raise. I had to actually watch film and stuff. <laughs> the guy he coached, Dwayne Gregory, mm-hmm. he went, uh, the guy I played college ball for is named Jim Hess. Mm-hmm. He was a, been on this a bunch. Yes, of times. I've heard that name. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, and, Legend. and he was a uh, coaching in New Mexico State. And I called him when Dwayne come out, and I said, "Coach, I got a receiver. There's a great receiver." He he said, "Damn, Phillips, you run the wishbone." I said, "I don't give a damn, Coach. He's as good receivers there is." I tell you what, I did do. I said, "I'll pay his first year if he don't make it up there." He goes up there and sets all kinds of records. And what he does now, well, he's, he's a survival training. He's yeah. an Army Ranger. Really? Yeah. And he can drop in behind the training now. Oh, wow. I walked up one time. That. He came home one time. I was asking him, I said, Dwayne, if you wanted to kill me, how could you kill me? He said, how are you going to do it? I said, well, shit, I don't want to do it either way. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you want. Yeah. Uh, so when you were coaching receivers with three-point stands? No. no, but I did call him. I always told him, you know what the X stands for in the wishbone. I said, extended tackle. You're going to get about four passes a game. You better learn to block. Yeah. <laughs> I had Rush was coaching my freshman B team. So that's about the time all them Cy Fair schools was growing, getting big. <laughs> so I sent him, I guess it was Cy. It was Cy Ridge. Cy Ridge. They were yeah, he got over there and he called me on the telephone. He said, can I come home? I said, what are you going to come home for? He said, coach, they got a damn band. I said, so what's a band got to do? We ain't got no band. They're going to beat the hell out of me. I said, this So I'm going to tell you the real story. So we would – I coached the freshman, but he would, like every now and then, would get a sophomore team up that never practiced. Mm-hmm. We have RCJV and a freshman A and B team. And then he'd say, hey, I got you a sophomore game, and I would take all our – non-athletic kids and we would go play teams and we would get maybe 30 minutes of practice. Well, I'd show up at Cy Ridge and they're one of those phase-in schools where they have a ninth grade, 10th grade. Well, they've got like 9th, 10th, 11th. I'll look out there and we're at Pridgen Stadium. I've got kids that have practiced 30 minutes and they're <laughs> we're their homecoming games and they have a band. They have 15 coaches. They have headphones on and it's me and one other guy. In your headphones. In your coaching shorts and yeah, t-shirt. Like, we're getting ready to get destroyed. And I was going to come home. And Jim was like, no, you got to compete. Well, They got a band. Luckily, Did you compete? Well, it's about Probably 60 to 6. Yeah, it's pretty bad. But the funniest story, <laughs> Coach Crawford or him and Coach Crawford get after each other. I said, Coach Crawford, Rush called me when to come home. He said, what's wrong with that big sissy? <laughs> 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 so, I wasn't going to say what he's really said. But we got two guys at Waller from Mississippi, and uh, they're the exact stereotype. <laughs> And Coach Crawford, if you were to look up Mississippi in the dictionary, Coach Crawford's picture would be great. <laughs> he's the guy. Yeah, he's the guy. Jim was he's leading the dumbass I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> he gonna drive up the tomahawk. <laughs> Man, make sure he goes to the right field. Don't stop at that softball field. Doug D O U G Rush. Jim was uh, conducting a district meeting uh, one time, and some of the, he's a local uh, district. So a principal, a trainer, and one of the coaches had gotten in trouble with a young lady, and all three of them oh. had lost their jobs over it. So everybody was kind of. That kind of look on their face. What kind of talking trouble? about it? Some bad <laughs> trouble. <laughs> and so, Jim said, "Jim, <laughs> possibly." <laughs> and, and Jim uh, stood what up and said, "said I'll tell y'all one thing." At the same time, and everybody got real quiet. He said, "I like to see what she looked like." <laughs> <laughs> Hell, three of them bit the dust. I want to see. She took three jobs out one season. And they all looked at me like I was crazy. They all thought the same thing I was thinking. <laughs> and you would think that a, a big guy like Jim Phillips would not be scared of something oh. as small as a spider. Really? Right? Now. So we're at San Angelo Clinic. Like the one right there next to him on the bench? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we decided to take a drive out to Lake Nasworthy, correct? Mm -hmm. And myself and Dale Bodie, who was a coach at Waller, both, both biology teachers, we're driving along. We see this transfer <coughs> run across the road. So we decide we stop and get it, take it back to have it for science class. Well, like a full-fledged tarantula. Yeah. Yeah, big yeah. And so His hands went out. way bigger than like yeah, yours did. Out. Oh, yeah. It is pretty big. <laughs> big. And so we pull over. I pull over. I'm driving. And Dale gets out and puts it in a plastic cup, covers it up, puts a rock band around it. So everything's good. But Jim says, you know, y'all keep that in the back seat. I don't want it up here. So everything's fine. We get back to the hotel, write spider on the cup, poke holes in it, set it on the, the counter. And then Jim says, uh, I just don't want that spider close to me. So, okay. So we're in separate rooms. So they're fixing to go somewhere. So we go into his room and I slyly pick up one of their room keys. Well, they leave. When they leave, we go in there and take that cup, take the spider into a different cup, turn that one over, rubber band off, like it had fallen over and the spider was loose. Oh, okay. God. Not funny. Well, no. that night about two o'clock in the morning when they get home, get in the room, oh, all of a sudden you hear all this noise, screaming and yelling. I'll tell you all one damn thing. <laughs> Ain't nobody going to sleep till we find that damn spider. I mean, everybody had your furniture moving, beds I tore the mattresses up. I had everybody's asses. I made them all get out of the room, come in there, and they had the damn spider. I imagine you were a very sane mind, too, right? So You talking about a guy. I won't tell you about Miller now. Here's what Miller did. Doug was coaching there, and I had a guy play for me at Penthouse State named Herman Alvarez. And he weighed about 300 pounds. When he played for me, we used to go to the motel rooms and you know, two big fat asses would all jump on the beds and break the beds. So I'd get back home at Panhandle State, I'd get a bill for the bed be broke. <laughs> well, it's Herman and Frank Gabar and all them big guys that played for me. I was on there in butts all the time. So they go to baseball school. And I clinic. get a clinic. Yeah, go to baseball, baseball clinic. <laughs> and the food. Hey, and, and the food. And the food. <laughs> He said, go win some games. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's not the only one you've had either. Right? <laughs> but anyway, go ahead with your story. Yeah, anyway, yeah. We, hey, we get back. Well, I get a bill. It had to, whatever motel they stayed in. Letterhead. Letterhead, everything. everything $250 for a bed. 
I knew damn well what happened. I said, Herman, I called Herman. He was in another room. Herman, get in here. He come in. I said, I told you. I said, you you paying this bill. I said, I paid all the damn beds I'm paying for you. Coach, I didn't do it. I said, you damn sure did. You stayed right there at that motel. You broke that bed. No, I didn't do that. Yeah. Room number on it. Room number everything. Oh, yeah. Well, come to find out, he fixed the damn paper up. I was fired, Herman. He got oh, hurt. that is great. The hardest thing was getting the – Postage stamp, say Fort Worth, Texas. Oh, <laughs> wow. So how many of these beds are we talking? How many times does that happen? Every time we went on a road trip. We every t- uh, nearly every time. I finally had to start. I had to do something. And when he didn't pay the bill, I had one of my English teachers call him, identified as the bookkeeper at the Hilton Hotel in Fort Worth. Want to know when they were going to send the payment. I love where this guy's head's at. Oh, he, he, he was a principal. And what do you do? He make fictitious certificates what, about getting what, what kind of certificate? Fictitious. I know. <laughs> <laughs> about getting. I want to see him struggle again. <laughs> by getting turkeys for Thanksgiving. Free turkeys. Free turkeys. And they go down to Harlan on Friday. But they wasn't no, no such thing. Then then people go down there waiting in line. <laughs> 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 it's for my first year teachers. They can go get a free turkey. So he's a principal that pranks his first-year teachers. <laughs> How, or who are scared to death anyway. Yeah, that's right. Mental health days are first year already. <laughs> so, Jim, tell the uh, Billy Martin, Whitey Ford story. Did they come hunting? No, it wasn't Billy Martin. It was Roger Bobby Maris. Lane. Oh, Mickey Bobby Mantle. Lane. Oh, it was Mickey Mantle. Bobby, Bobby Lane. Lane. Mickey Mantle. They what? They came hunting on our farm. You grew up in Gerald, Texas. Jayton, Jayton Texas. Jayton, 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 yeah. And he later on played for Detroit Lions. Night Train. Yeah, Night Train. Well, yeah, he played with Night Train. Okay. Yeah. Wasn't Bobby Night Train Dick, Lane? Dick, Dick Night Train Lane. Dick he Night played Train with Night Train. Probably a lot of people. Well, you always get your dicks mixed yeah. up. I do get my dicks mixed up. <laughs> Too many to remember. <laughs> it's a yeah. – You silly goose. <laughs> well, anyway, they, they would come – he would – they would come – he got hooked up with them. They'd come out there to go quail hunting. We had a place where they could go quail hunting. We, where you farmed at, we had cotton out there, and you had turn rolls where them quail would get up there. Well, they got out there one day, him and Bobby Lane and Mickey Mantle got there one day, and they they drove all the way from Lubbock, which is about two hours, and they pretty well lit when they got there. Well, they want to go quail, quail hunting, but their dogs hadn't got there yet. I'm about 16 years old, I guess, and my brother got there, and, and they want to go quail hunting, and they was, Joe said, well, you ain't got your dogs. And he said, well, one of them said, Jim, you just walk the turn road, make him damn quail jump. I'm thinking this ain't oh. a very good idea. And, I said, and they're going to be shooting out there. Well, obviously. Joe, Joe said, "I would go ahead. They, they, they won't shoot you." <laughs> Dick Cheney in this group, yeah, yeah, right. No. So I got, I walked through the first thing. A cubby quail coming, and they laid the shooting. I hit the ground. Hit the ground. And Joe Will said, "Get back in the truck." I said, "All right." So I've been, you know, Bobby Lane and Mickey Mantle put me back in the truck. <laughs> yeah, out of the story though, you got shot by Mickey Mantle. Well, I only one got shot. I you got shot at. Yeah. Shot at yeah, Mickey oh. Mantle shot at me. Oh, yeah, that's put that on your tombstone. <laughs> I want to hear the FBI story. I haven't heard that. Oh one. my goodness! Please, I yes, I've heard that. It was epic. Please, the FBI let's story. Let's is, hear it from your perspective. More comments about that, and I, 
You got to be at Panhandle State. You ain't never been at Panhandle State. I tell you how. Well, we were just told it was some. We had a friend in the college in Oklahoma somewhere. He said Panhandle State. It's <laughs> out in the middle of nowhere. It's <laughs> right there. Where, yeah, it's right there where you can go Texas, you can go New Mexico, you can go Colorado. I mean, it's, Kansas. you can go to Kansas, you can go anywhere you want to. It's, it's, at, it's right at the top of Texas. Yeah. It's out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> I was the only idiot to take that job, but it was a good job. <laughs> had a lot of fun there. It was like the wild, wild west you do unto others before they do unto you, and it's what it was like. So I took that job, went out there, and what it was is you'd bring in – well, I got to tell this story about my wife. The year before that, I took that job. Current wife. No, yeah, I, yeah, I've been He's married 40, 40 okay. years. I've been married to her 40 years, so I got me a good wife. Man, well, that comes Six up a lot, years. too. That comes up a lot, too. And so uh, the year before I took the job, she came with a girlfriend. They drove up there to go to the game. We, I was at Southwestern Oklahoma. She got out of the car, and I was standing out in the parking lot. She said, oh, Jim, who could live here? I said, I don't know, Diane. Everybody can live here. It's just, you know, you just have to make it happen. Well, a year later, I'm off recruiting. I'm in Amarillo, Texas, and Dr. Palmer, uh, Cecil Perkins called me and said, you want a head coaching job? I was 28 years old. I said, Coach, I said, I don't know if I even know what I'm doing now. He said, well, go – got your cowboy boots with you. I said, well, yeah, I already got my cowboy boots. He said, put them on and go talk to Dr. Palmer at Panhandle State. So I said, all right, I didn't think I was going to get it. So I drove up there and talked to Dr. Palmer. So I get in there and we visit for about two or three hours. We're walking out. He said, you want this job? I looked at him and said, you really offering it to me? He said, yeah, you want it. I said, yeah, I guess. I'll take it. So I took it. So this is for the cell phones. So I drive down there, what I call a hoot and holler store, where everybody pulls up to get their milk, beer, and everything out. It's a pay phone there. What year what are we you talking? 1982, 384, somewhere Hoot, in there. What would you say, Hoot and Holler store? Hoot and Holler store, where everybody pulls up, get their beer, just one store, you get everything you want. I call it a Hoot and Holler to everybody. Yeah. So I pull up there, and I, I get on the phone, I pay phone, I called out my wife. I said, Diane. She said, where are you at? I said, well, I've been recruiting. She said, How come you, when are you coming home? I said, well, I'm on my way home now. I said, you remember that place you said, how can anybody live there? She said, yeah. I said, I just took that head football job and hung the phone up real quick. <laughs> so I had about six hours to get home. I didn't know what was going to happen when I got there. She, wow. So, uh, a little rocky. Yeah. yeah. So oh. we got we moved up there. And then, and when I did, when we got there, you'd bring in about 200 kids. We, we had a, what's called work study. You bring a bunch of kids in, and you work them out, and you try to keep them there. And what it was, Dr. Palmer was pretty smart. You bring a lot of kids in, the more kids you bring in, a bunch of them are going to stay if they don't play. We'd bring more kids to the students, to the school. So we brought a bunch of kids in. Back in those days, you used to recruit on the telephone. I'd recruit California and everywhere. Get on the phone, tell them you don't play. And we had what's called a room and, and a tuition. We played for the room and tuition mm-hmm. just to get them there. So we had a bunch of room tuition kids, and I got them all there. And we had about two of them. And I had to run some of them off because – I'd be way over. I mean, way over. Like they fixing to fire my butt. That's what we heard. The number was getting uh, yeah, stretched we, a little bit. Yeah, we were. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So we're in there, and, and you know, it's Highway 54 that goes through Goodwill. Highway 54 goes all the way through Goodwill, through Kansas. It's just a straight open place. Now, the 80s is big drug, big drug time. You know, all the drugs are going crazy and everything. So we're out there, and what we do, this is about in, in, the second semester, so we're making them walk across that football field at, to the gym in the snow, and we're working the hell out of them at six o'clock in the morning. I gotta get rid of a bunch of them. 
and we're bringing them in there. Testing their will, right? Testing, see who's testing gonna their will, see who's going to fold and try okay. to get us. We bring them in at 6 o'clock, and they don't come out of there till 9. I mean, we're working their butts off. I mean, just, you couldn't do it today. Well, anyway, I'm in there working one day, and all of a sudden, my secretary come in there. She said, hey, the FBI's on the phone. <laughs> so what I thought was fixing to happen to me, you had this work study. Well, I was cheating on the work study. So I'm thinking, ah, dang, I'm going to jail now. <laughs> I'm only 28. I got my ass now. I'm going to jail. I can cheat on the work study. Well, you get too many. You're supposed to make them work study. You're supposed to make them work. Well, I wasn't making them work. I was just signing them and putting them out there. And I, you know, you forge it. You go, yeah, they work this hour, you know, and all that Forgery. stuff. Forgery. Yeah. Forgery. Oh. Okay, so now we're getting more deep. <laughs> no, no, no. no. I think the statute of limitations is over. Oh, yeah. So what other illegal things have you done? So, so, you been, yeah. 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 so we we were doing that, and I'm thinking, well, I'm done. I'm going. I was thinking, what am I going to tell Diane? She's going to get stuck here at Panhandle. I'm going to be here for nothing. I'm going to be in the, I'm going to be in the jailhouse. You know, You're I'm in jail. She's stuck in Panhandle. So I go in there and get on the phone. Boy, I'm real nice. I said, yes, sir. What can I do for you? He says, you have a, I can't remember the kid. I can still see his face. He's a curly-headed kid. I can still see his face today. <laughs> you have him there? I said, yeah, I got him out of California. He said, can you do me a favor? I said, yeah, what do you mean to do? He said, can you lay off of him a little bit? <laughs> I said, mean, what do you mean laying off? Because, well, he's an agent, and y'all about to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was an agent, Mike. Well, because they had him in there to find out about he's all the undercover. drugs. Undercover. Oh, right. <laughs> undercover. So he's, he's in, the middle, in the middle of that drug trafficking yeah, area. Yeah, he was uh, in there. So what's going through your head? I think I'm going to jail. <laughs> but if he told you, okay. Well, if he told me that, I went back in there, and, and I had a guy named Tony McFarlane who was crazy, and another coach was crazy. I said, hey, y'all need to lay off that guy. He's an agent. I said, well, you know, he needs to stay in here. So they all got – when I told him to lay off, he was sort of shaky too because he'd been into some stuff he shouldn't have been into. <laughs> so he, he, he was a little worried too. Was this guy a good football player too? No, nah, he was just a good, tough kid, but he was, he ended up oh, in about, in about, exactly. boot camp in about three weeks, he left, never saw him again. And about two months later, a bunch of drugs, a bunch of arrests went down. So like, really? Yeah. Wow. But it was not with the head football coach at Panhandle State. Did not get arrested. No, I did not get arrested. Barry Switcher and Jim Phillips did not. They were safe. <laughs> Immunity. Hey, tell the story about Glenn West in the dressing room. Oh, yeah. Glenn West, we had some battles between us and Brendan. And I won a few, and he, he won a lot more. He, he had some pretty good teams. But so, Glenn West is the coach at – Brenham now. He works at Texas Brewer. High School Coach Association. Okay. But he was there for years. Ago. Years Brown. and years. We went to guess. Played at Brownwood. Yeah. Okay. And so, he, he hated coming to – I love the stadium. And if you've never been in our stadium – Our old stadium. Our old stadium. A little stadium. What was the name is this?
<laughs> that's a different deal, Doug. We don't. It's not that kind of podcast. Hey, we want to hear about all guy. that. Easy <laughs> guy. It was hard getting that four coaches in that shower. Especially with clipboards and trying to write stuff down. Y'all get me confused with Shane Crawford. <laughs> I didn't do it. They all up there. They all cheaters. I didn't do it. Your face so red, Doug. <laughs> well, anyway, we 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 got forcing that night. We beat them, and, and they got a kid hurt. Well, Coach West was in at the end of the game. At the end of the game, he had all his kids in there. I wouldn't let him put walls around the crappers. I wanted to leave it wide open. <laughs> People hated it. Yeah. yeah. Both sides are just the business. Home field advantage. Go ahead, Coach. I see it's clear. Don't worry about me. So we wouldn't, we wouldn't, I wouldn't let him put walls around it because it's a home field advantage. You know, people. You know, they had to go yeah, to the bathroom. You can't take a crap. Yeah. <laughs> That's a smart man. That's, that that is genius. That's smart. Wicked. I don't know. That's genius. That's genius. Man, That's if your belly's hurting, you ain't running fast. That would be game meals coming back. Yeah. I hope they have a lot of flapjacks. Anyway, he's in there talking to him. He said he was trying to be serious and talk to him. All of a sudden, he looked over at a big old, big old fat referee sitting on the <laughs> All the kids were looking at him. At halftime? No, at the end of the game. He said he couldn't do anything but just shut it off. <laughs> that field house was also like, Jim would keep it like 45 degrees. So on Saturdays and Sundays when we go in to work, we would just sit there and shiver and we would hear like, Mice and rats crawling above it. Yeah, it was a great yeah, place. It was the worst great place. I had a coach named Robert Kenny. I'd got out of Hempstead, and he was a great coach, good guy. And I was about to get fired. I needed some help, so I went and got him. I was trying to steal some kids from Hempstead anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so I hired Coach Kenny, and he come over and he told me, he said, we, we's about to go. We's about to go – uh get in trouble. So he told me coming in one day, he said, you need to get lost. I said, what do you mean I need to get lost? He said, you need to get out of here. He said, we got to make these guys tougher. I said, yeah, what are you going to do? When I walked in the field house, it was about 110 degrees. I said, dang, Coach Kenny, it's hot in here. He said, just get lost. And they all had five-gallon buckets. And he took them in a room. And what he said, he was preparing for war during peace. And it was a 92 when we did this. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had a great team. And next year, first year, we, we started turning around. We put them kids through a week of hell. I'm talking about back in them days, you could put them through hell. And after that, we had to do it every year because them kids come back and say, when are we going to do this? And Coach Kenny would get in there. He weighed about 350 pounds, played for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He sat like he had his arms sitting on his stomach. And big he, old head and big, big old eyes. eyes. <laughs> and they loved him. I'd get lost because I didn't want to know what was going on. But what did they do with this bucket? They puked. They puked in the bucket. Puke. Boy, used to have. I don't. Y'all remember this? But you used to, have to take film back in the day. Y'all heard these stories? No. No. Yeah. Coach, every episode without fail, there's a coach that breaks out into cold sweats with PTSD, talking about the 16 millimeter film. How you had to cut it and splice it and tape it and take it to go get it developed. If you're the worst coach on the staff, you the took guy the that drops off film. That was me, Ronnie Van Clark. Thank you know Ronnie. Yeah, real well. Uh, Ronnie has he's delivering film 
he he like flips his vehicle. Yeah. I mean, he's out of, I mean, he's disoriented. The cops show up and everything and they check him for concussions and stuff. They try to put him in the car and he says, no, we got to get out of here. I'm missing a canister of film. He's got the cops out in the ditch. And then he's <laughs> in the ditch. Like, you don't understand. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Absolutely. And then, and then Les Cannon was telling us about how they had their projector upside down, uh, University of Alabama, because it was cut and flipped one time. So that, there's guys that are actually holding the projector upside down at the University of Alabama for the guys to see the film. And, oh, yeah. We had to go, you had to take it to Brenham and you had to wait on it. Well, the guy, like I'd seen Doug or someone, because when they got I back. Here, I get a call come, baby. The worst no, coach on the staff. Yeah. You just no, said the worst no, coach had to go. You said that was always you. It was the receiver coach, not the receiver's coach. The receiver coach. The extended tackle coach. It was a case of beer. Because the time they drank a case of beer, they'd come back and they wouldn't be worth a damn next day. You wouldn't get anything out of them anyway. Because it took that long to get that film back. Y'all are talking about the 90s. Yeah. Back in the 70s. 70s, we had to take it I-45 South, yes. just past 610, and Mall. Kenny Stabler had a place there called Snakes. Yes, that's wow. what. That's back when he was playing. Yeah, it was right next door to where the, the film was processed. Oh, wow. And for wow. some reason, me and Richie Robertson always Wait, were on film duty, reason. so it always worked out okay. So could it you wouldn't. get color film in Brenham? Like not in the 70s. Not, the 70s. not in the 70s. No, I know not in the 70s. No, not in the eighties either. Because when I was, I was a volunteer coach for Ross Rogers. That was my he he. I, I mean, I was a volunteer, but I guess I was still probably the worst coach. But he said, uh, "Hey, I got a job for you if you want it. Pay seventy bucks." I mean, <laughs> I do just about anything for seventy bucks. So I had to go from College Station and pick up film from Brian College Station, Navasota, head down Highway Six, pick up Katie film, and then come across Alameda Mall, drop it off, and bring that back and yeah. stuff. And I was I was happy to do it. Oh, yeah. The day is easy. It costs a lot more money, but the day is easy. Oh, so easy. Oh, yeah. Just. Yeah, you keep hearing these, these coaches talking, man, y'all y'all got it easy with that huddle. You don't even know what it's like. You guys are spoiled. You got the huddle. Oh, no, no, no doubt. You go exchange film, and then you get somebody's film, and you get it back to the field house, and you go, oh, this is crap. It's terrible. You couldn't see it and everything else. And, I mean, you're you're actually having to meet and exchange, but you don't know what it looks like. Yeah, you know, Sometimes you, it was intentionally terrible. Yeah. You're talking about 16 yeah. millimeter. That's back when I worked with Coach Ballard. He he would sit up there and smoke a pipe. Now, Coach Ballard was, was a worker. I mean, we'd get there at 8, stay there. I mean, it was you – know, I loved it because I was learning football. So, the your, your friends in – Certainly Mexico, but China don't know. Emory Ballard, the wishbone offense, Emory Ballard invented yeah, the right, wishbone right. offense. So it was. So we're sitting up there, and I'm running the clicker. All the guys back in the back who can't stand it, they're back there, you know, kicking their field goals with the papers and stuff. <laughs> and he's smoking that pipe. He's ruining that 16 minute going. Wow. And, you know, you got smoke coming around there, and it, it was – it was a little hey hey day. That was funny. Fifteen coaches or so in the background yeah. right there. Is, uh... That's back when the turf came out, and we walked in the office one day. Sebo will tell you this. We walked in the office one day, and they had a bunch of turf shoes. This is when Astro Turf first came out. And coach said, "Go over there and look at those shoes to see which one y'all think." So I go over there and I look in. And I picked a pair out, and I said, I, th "I think this is the best pair." And so, well, about five o'clock, we got through. We went through all day long listening to about. What the best shoe? You know what the best shoe was? The first pair I picked out at eight oh three. Speaking of shoes, Jim has not always been the best at ordering 
coaches materials. No, really? Yeah. And one year, a stylish guy like Jim. Yeah. Everybody pulled their shoes out of the box, and the shoes these coaching shoes shoes had cleats on them. <laughs> <laughs> everybody kind of everybody needs looked grip, at right? each other, and they won't wear them to church. Jim <laughs> said, Jim said. Hey guys, just put them on. When you walk on them, you feel like you're walking on air conditioning. Probably <laughs> <laughs> had some baggy shorts and some high collared shirts too. And long striped socks. Oh, you got some of that style from Emory. I remember when uh what what was the guy that had the 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 Guy that had the car with D Cool One was his uh, license plate. Robert Morrison. Oh, Big Robert. Yeah. yeah, I remember when I was when I was I was a student teacher there with Vince and and uh, Emory handed out all the coaching gear, and it was it was old school to say the least. And I remember Emory said, shorts. Yeah, yeah, and he had the sand belt yeah. pants that came up to here and all this stuff. And he said, "I'm in. This is for game night only." Don't be wearing this to church or with your family. And Morrison's like sitting over there, you know, D cool one was ice and plate. He's going, do we have to wear it at all? <laughs> well, I used to, we used to coach with a guy named Ronnie Schmidt. And he used to say, his big quote was, Jim Phillips is no slave to fashion. <laughs> That's perfect. I got the same three shirts I probably had 10 years ago. <laughs> it was a Kool-Aid right you guys ever play any tricks on anybody? Pranks? Pranks? Oh, well, the coaching school did. one year, Cody Harrison, one of our coaches, decided it would be nice to leave a wake-up call in our room like every hour starting at one in the morning. So every hour, one, two, three, four, the phone would ring. This is your wake-up call. And uh, so we found out who it was, and somebody warned Cody said, you messed up. He said, you're on Miller's list now. He said, he'll get you. You'll never know when, but he'll get you. With a tarantula. No. About six months later, I found out that he'd bought a new TV. Spent like $500 on this big screen TV. Just had it installed. So I took an ad out in the paper, the local paper. Said TV for sale, brand new. Gave all the specifics. <laughs> and I said, uh, the price was like, $200 for a $600 tip. And I said, uh, Se habla espanol. Please call after 10. Oh, that's great. <laughs> so for, for about two weeks, he was getting phone calls late at night <laughs> in Spanish. He <laughs> don't want to buy his TV. So how long till you finally... Okay, so you, I can oh, just he, picture this in the coach's office. Long. He's coming in just complaining about all these phone calls. How long are you biting your tongue before you can't stand it anymore? It didn't take long for him to figure out what, what had happened. <laughs> no, really doesn't. No. He doesn't. He doesn't get some help. No. He just it's like, funny how Mike sits over here. He's real quiet. No. You talk no. about pranks, and it's like he's it, it's like a bass attacking a topwater lure on that mic uh, right there. He's about, like, I'm, I got that Two deal. weeks prior to that, I, Shane Crawford lives right across the street. From Cody. He's from Mississippi. He's a yeah. <laughs> so I in case up, you missed the first half of the uh, I pulled podcast. I in Shane's driveway, and Cody was at home, and he can see out. So I walked across into Cody's yard. I just started stepping, stepping off like I was measuring stuff. Turn around, walked the other way. And Cody come out and said, Miller, what are you doing? I said, I don't worry about it. He went and got my truck and left. Oh, wow. So, plant that seed. Those science guys, man. Oh, Miller. Miller. 
the creative. They let this guy be the a principal of the junior high. Yeah. Yeah. She's the principal of the high school. <laughs> we had, we had more yeah. fun we should have had at Walter. <laughs> okay, so we know who we're not going to mess with. Yeah, that's right. Sure. <laughs> well, Doug, I, I meant to bring it, but I forgot him. You remember the thing you wrote when Marley was hired to replace Jim? I, I'm going to get it to you because you wrote about Marley taking over for Jim and you wrote about each coach. And their qualities and their lack of qualities. Yeah. It's classic. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't the nicest guy back then. <laughs> back then. He coached baseball. He coached receivers, too. One. Well, he wouldn't want to receiver. slant, stop, and go. That's all he had to worry about. <laughs> It'd drive you crazy, Coach How much Langer. time did you get individual uh, for that stuff? Did you get some I mean, individual time? Some time but yeah. We, we tried to throw. Yeah, we tried we to try throw. to keep our feet moving on our block. Yeah, we tried to throw. He did a great job. No, actually, we would we would probably go three for seven passing, but we'd score twice. This is my second marriage. I was single for 13 years. During the Waller years, we Wait. had like, um, I would say four or five guys on the staff who were single and some of them were almost as good looking as me. So yes, it yes. was a hard time for me because some of the things y'all were doing, yeah, I had to go in go behind. Run, we would go run the streets. Of I had to go in behind <laughs> and clean up. So <laughs> I, we there was a time where we scrimmaged um, Baytown Sterling with Danny Long. Yeah. And uh, I came straggling in. It was with like a 10 o'clock scrimmage. I came like at 9 o'clock because <laughs> I didn't figure out how to get home <laughs> from Houston because <laughs> – my You'd been out late. Bill, Bill Bloodworth had left me, and I was just stuck. So you, so I came on like no sleep, <laughs> no sleep. How, How old are you this time? Huh? How old are you this time? Well, I was old enough to know better. Hey, I knew he was had no sleep, so I made his ass stay a little longer that day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mike, we were. Uh, Flying out to California. I feel like you've got stories out the ass, <laughs> oh, and you're just God. holding back. <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for just keep them coming, Mike. Because yeah. this is what Jim I'm, gets nervous every time he like sits back. Like, oh, and, and he's real, and he's got the great poker face, right? But when you know he's got one. He starts start start one now, and he's thinking about it. Yeah. He, says. No, he's, and he starts grinning. This is a short one, but we were flying to uh, Anaheim to the National Coaches Association meeting. And we get on the plane. Of course, we're flying from Houston directly to L.A. nonstop. Get on and get there. And we sit down. We're up at the front. And two of us are here in the little jump seats that face the back. And then Jim's over here. And then there's this nice-looking young lady sitting there. Jim sits down. And we just talk a little bit. And Jim finally gets up enough nerve. He turns, looks at her, and starts talking to her a little bit. And finally gets to his his line. He says, where are you headed? (laughs) I mean, we're on a one-way flight to L.A., and I wish you said I'm going to jump off of a Tucson or whatever. I got a parachute That's on. right. <laughs> you dropped me off over really, Albert. I'm really just going to Yuma, Arizona. <laughs> Where are you headed? <laughs> but then she did give us some information on a place to go to have a good time, a few drinks. And the night that we went there is kind of misty rain. And uh, I let the guys out to go in. For some reason, I'm always the driver. And uh, I'm going to park the vehicle. And as I'm parking, I notice all of our guys are walking in and about four women are walking out. And when our guys walked by the women, they kind of turned and looked at them and had this funny look on their face. So I parked and I walk in. 
and all the guys had already gone to the restroom, come back out. And I walked in and looked, and there's nothing but women in there. Oh. Just, yeah. And our guys are huddled up around the manager of the place. And he said, he said, guys, I've got some bad news for you. We don't serve your type around here. Y'all are welcome to stay. In fact, he gave us a shot at the high, the high, the high top shelf. Well, it's too bad I forgot the 21 because y'all could have been winning. <laughs> <laughs> he would make a really good He just went on the wrong side. Yeah. yeah. No, no. Wouldn't need heels. Exactly. Right. No. <laughs> I think that might be the place that just chasing Les Koenig Jr. Yeah, we did on the podcast. They got a thing in California called wine tasting. <laughs> it kicked yes, my they ass. Do. Is that a new thing? It kicked my ass. I won't we drove right and, and we picked up Jim. You know you're not supposed to drive the whole coast. Well, we did. Well, <laughs> he, uh, he went in and bought a bottle of wine. <laughs> Comes and gets back in the vehicle and he looks at the bottle. He said, How the hell we open this? <laughs> so, Jim, you've got to have a tool to open that. Well,. We drove up the coast for a good ways, and Jim enjoyed his wine. <laughs> By the time we got back as a staff, we decided that Jim's night was over. They kicked me out. But he didn't want it to be over. So can you imagine this big guy? We're trying to push him out of the van, and he's clawing and grabbing anything he can in front of the hotel with people watching. And we're hollering, get out. He said, no, don't leave me. <laughs> And we finally get him out, and he turns, looks at everybody, and says, "They left me." They left me. <laughs> you said you had last game. Well, yeah. That, oh, oh that, that's a nut. That, go ahead. I, I get. I saw Les. I've known Les for a long time. I know his daddy real well. We had him on a podcast too. Yeah, he's I played a lot of softball against Les. Season. You know, he could really throw the ball. Big Les. Huh? Big, Big Les. Les could bring it. That's what I heard. You didn't ever try to kill. Little S, did you? Little S nah, got killed with a Tim Tackle killed him. He killed him dead, he said. With an Afghan. With a, a, well, it was a and blanket. It, and mom came back up and just hit him on the back. <laughs> he and he said, just kicked right he back was to dead. Life. He said he was he went well. He wasn't even joking. He just said, No, I killed him. He was dead. He wasn't moving breathing. Really? Stone cold face as, as you can imagine. He said that he was matter of fact. I killed him. Yeah. I, I killed him. Dead. That's the name of the episode. That's the name of the episode. <laughs> I, for you guys that are uh the listeners, uh you haven't heard that episode, I refer Refer back to the archives and go check out the episode, I Killed Him Dead. That is in reference to one Les Kenny. Well, I almost killed him right now, too. Because <laughs> I was drunk. And, and I was messing with him so bad, I was picking him up, wrestling with him, him, throwing him around, having some fun <laughs> with him. He couldn't get away from me fast enough. Uh, <laughs> Les would be standing at the bar and he'd be... Looking over his shoulder, <laughs> didn't know where Jim was. <laughs> he sees Jim coming, he'd run around the other side of the bar. That guy has some story. It's crazy how all the like all the webs are starting to connect. Like we well, won't say what. Oh, well, I mean, I didn't. I don't think that. But we like one one group of guys will mention somebody, and then it'll be a connection between that and 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 Ronnie Van Clark and and and. I'm sure you guys know Bradley Dale Pivato too as well. That, that, oh, his daddy. I got it. That's a, I shouldn't. I, 
I was at Waller, and again, I was about to get in trouble, about to lose, and I was trying to figure out how now, to play. Hold on. Do you see that common theme there? Every story is like, I'm about to be in trouble, and I'm about to be fired. Because <laughs> he's humble. Oh, okay. <laughs> he's, the, he's the winningest coach Waller ever. I got you. Okay. okay. But anyway, I was about to get in trouble, so I, his daddy was a heck of a coach at Cold Spring. I mean, he ran a 4-3 and ran a good 4-3. And I was sitting there around there before, right before Christmas, I think, man, I got to figure out something for next year. So I called up because people told us, I need to come talk to you about your 4-3. Now, this is Christmas Eve. <laughs> so I think, well, I'm going to run over this afternoon. I'll be home time for Christmas. Well, I get over there. Me and him get in there and get to talk football. And I look down, and it's 930 at night. And, I ain't, and I'm thinking, gosh, money, my wife is going to kill me now. I got two little kids, and I'm sitting over here at Cold Springs. But nah, that wasn't a good night. <laughs> I was trying to keep a job. You're trying right. to keep yeah, yeah. thinking about your family. Yeah. There is some good uh, circling back because the West Orange episode, we did uh, Dan Ray Hooks and uh, Mark Foreman and, and all those guys, and they referenced, of course, uh, my, my Second head coaching job was Orangefield, following the legend uh, Ed Pivato, and so they told some stories about Ed Pivato that are classic. Oh, he was! I, I mean, I, I think I probably learned more football that night than I learned on defensive side. I mean, he was he was way ahead of his time. Yeah. I mean, you know, he, when they come over and run track meet, they had, he had them in some you know them old brogan shoes. He made all of his kids wear them brogan. What kind of shoes? They old brogans. You know how you broken. Hey, uh, broken? hey, can I ask you a question? Brogan. Yeah. I mean this with all due respect. <laughs> yeah. What the hell is brogan? Well, you you see them people working the fields and got them old bro. I call them brogan shoes. Like you pick cotton some stuff in there. The old high boots that lace up all the way to the top. That's what I call them. Brogans. Brogans. Yeah. Brogans. Broke in. Yeah. Look it up. Yeah. <laughs> like, you mean like broke in? Yeah, the kids were on the day. <laughs> no, broke in. Broke in. Broke ass. Up. Like, broken in? No, I don't know. I just call them broke ins. I don't know if they broke ins, broke ins. I don't know if they broke ins. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie can't even Google that. I mean, it's not on here. Siri wouldn't even pick that up. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway. English, he, please. He made them wear all, wear, wore them boots when they come to the track meet. Broke in. I was thinking, Coach, what are you doing there? He said, well, yeah, we're going to show everybody what our speed is. They don't think we got any shoes. Because they run. They pulled them brogans off and ran your ass in the ground. Never <laughs> 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 mind. We, we got a – I, I don't know. I don't even follow that. I don't even know where to go. But I do know we have a trip to El Paso that we need to start planning because we are supposed to go out to UTEP and go see Bradley Dale. Dale. We're yep, for be, two days because yep. he said – the reason we're doing a two-day trip is because he said you won't be able to stand it. You'll have so much fun. You can't be here for three days. Is he at El Paso? UTEP. Yeah. Defensive coordinator at UTEP yeah. just took that. Yep. After we, we went up there, went up to College Station, it was Bradley Dell. Uh, the episode was Bradley Dell and Les Kenning Jr. And then Bradley left and went to uh, UTEP. For anybody wanting to listen to that, go back as SEC Drifters was the episode of that one. Go check that one out. I'm going to tell you right now. Jim, Jim, Jim Phillips. My buddy, I was at Waller and I wasn't winning a lot of games. And he got me the job with Spring with Sunny Carrison Spring. Because that was a jump. That was a move lies, up. Let me just tell you why. He lied to him. Oh. And the lie was that I was a really good football coach. So Ooh. Sonny You were I mean I didn't lie about Sonny that. was like, Hey man, I hear you're a really good football coach when I heard the baseball job. And so the rest is history. And Matt, <laughs> you might relate to this. I was always like, there's I have this football coach code. There's football coaches that I will not work for. And 
I ended up working for all of them. I won't work for a football coach who came down from a college. Okay. okay. And I did it. Amen. I did it at Colleen Ellison, but he ended up being a great guy. Won't work for a football coach who got his first head football coaching job because he's usually young and just a complete dick. Nick Caduti. He's okay. not working for you. And so. I won't work for a football coach who grew up on a farm. Because those guys work from like the time the sun comes up, time the sun comes down. And that's, that's you, Jim. Actually a great Jim, weren't you a farm guy? Yeah. No, but Tommy Kaiser was, and he ended up being one of the greatest men I've ever worked for. No, that name. Tommy Kaiser. Kaiser, good guy. Tommy Kaiser is like, I went in with reservations about working for him. In yeah. fact, in my interview, I said, Tommy, I was like, I, I don't know if I want to work for you because I've heard you just work ungodly hours. Well, he coached college football and was a group on He coached farm. pro, too. And pro yeah. football. And yeah. pro and grew up on a farm. All the boxes were But changed. he's that guy that leads from the – he leads from the back. He, like – he doesn't tell people what to do and then just points and say, go do this, go do that. Washing clothes. He, he was doing all washing family. clothes on Saturdays and Sundays. So, it, yeah. his hours he put in were, like, hours that he, he, he humbled himself. And that's the kind of guy like we're for. And Jim's that guy. You're that guy. I'm not doing that stuff. So. I worked for a couple of guys. That, no, I've uh, watched your career. You've done a good job. Oh, you did. I got what you Marshall do. to do all that crap. Here's what you do is good. And I think there's a lot of people doing it wrong nowadays. They don't take care of other sports. That's the number one thing you got to do in your position. If you take care of the other sports, when you have a bad year, they'll take care of you. Yeah. And that's a – well, I've always loved football. Yeah, I mean, that's football. just if you don't, if you're not going, you're not willing to give him a chance to win. You need to keep your mouth shut and get out of the way. Then I agree. That's well. I worked for seven <laughs> coaches in my years at Waller. Well, six different people. So I got to count Jim twice. Kind of, uh, yeah. I did hire him twice. There's a trend here. There's a trend. He's the best one that I've worked for, no doubt. I got one story I'm going to tell, and I'm through with it. Okay. <laughs> we went three and seven. We had a banquet. Not, not, not when I was there. No, not when you were there. Of course not. So we had a banquet, and I, I drove a little red pickup. I looked like a gorilla on a bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> so after the banquet, I had all them tables stacked up in there, the chairs, and I went out to a guy named Coach Kenny's house. And we got, went out there and we drank Tangerang and listened to jazz. He loved doing that. So I was doing that out there. About two o'clock in the morning, Tangerang's a vodka. Tangerang gin. gin. Okay. Okay. Please Tangerang. Yeah. Tangerang gin. <laughs> he did. He did. So we, I'm coming home on the Orange Road. Jimism. Jimism. Yeah. I'm coming home on the Orange Road about two o'clock in the morning and this car passing me going fast. And I saw the stop sign. I said, this, this car ain't going to make it. Sure enough, she they run through that damn stop sign, hit the curve, she shoots hit the disc, she shoots straight back. So I get out of the car and I go over there. This little black girl from Prairie from Prairie View student. She's out. This is for cell phones. I had a white shirt on. So I don't know what to do. So I grab her, gonna take her to the car and take her to the hospital. Well, there's cars coming down this way. So I'm waving, holding her, and the guy pulls up her and he says, I said, I need some help. He said, yeah, you do. And he left me. <laughs> Remember, this is Waller County. Yeah, ah, just left my County. So I think, oh, damn. So I put her in a car, and I went down the road, and I come to 362, and I didn't even stop the red light. I just come around it. Well, all the damn tables flew out of the back of the car. So I pull into Texaco and run in there and get a phone to call for the ambulance. Because mm-hmm. I'm thinking, I don't know what to do. So I call an ambulance, and all of a sudden, the ambulance shows up. And I open the door. The lady who's 
big in the school district. She works for the school works district. Works for the school district. Everybody knows her. I opened the door and I got blood on my shirt and I got this little black girl in my car. <laughs> and I said, ma'am, this don't look like what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> don't look like what it looks like. <laughs> and so she said, really? I said, I really don't. So they took her. Well, the highway patrolman come in and I was telling him, I said, back out here on off 362, there's a car that's hit a ditch. Well, he calls another car. And he called back and he said, Coach, there ain't no car out there. Oh, oh, I said, that dang sure is. And he started laughing. Well, the car was there. So the worst part is fixing up. I got to go home now and talk to my wife. So I go in and talk to my wife. I said, now listen, I'm going to tell you a story and it's going to be hard for you to believe. But this is exactly- <laughs> you didn't still have a girl with you, did you? No. <laughs> this is exactly what happened. So I told her the story. She just shook her head and I thought, well, yeah, she ain't believing me. Well, about a week later, I'm out there mowing my grass. I lived right across the football field. And this little black girl and her mother, the lady drove up, and she had some roses. She got out of the car. She said, are you Coach Phillips? I said, yes. She said, I'm the young lady you helped that night. I said, come with me. I'm going to take you. you got to explain this to my wife. <laughs> I'm not worried about you being all right. I want to prove to her. Keep the roses. You go yeah. with me. Wow. You guys got anything else? Any other dirt? Uh, I, think, I think we probably. I think we've gone way over. I probably. We've the probably, only thing been better if I would have actually brought my folder of gymisms. Yes. Next if we ever do this part again. Two. We'll, no, do again. Yes. we'll do it again. We'll do it again. We'll do it again. I'll bring, in fact, I brought it and I was going to drive because in my pickup. But if I'd gotten out and gotten his truck with it, he probably would have thrown me out. Yeah, so I'll get it here next time. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, yes. hey, guys, promise you guys will do this again. Let's let's do this again. And, and I ain't got no more stories. I've got all mine out. I don't know. Dude, well, you guys can tell yeah. stories yeah. about Jim. We don't care if you got <laughs> stories. We'll tell stories about you. I've got a whole staff people story yeah. about you. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's all that counts. That we be just need better. one guy that everybody can tell stories about. You be that guy. Uh, I, was, I was on the hot seat now. Go get somebody else. Jim yeah. actually won a driver at a long drive. Yeah, you did. Coaching school one year. Really? No, he's him. This you is what he like a golfer. So now, well, also back like in the day, I could hit the ball. So I went up this deal. You know, you, you, you go through coaching Coach school, school booth. You oh, hit, and you, yeah. you, it says you had a long drive. Well, I hit and they got good. the women. You probably had the, yeah, the skip league. And he was there when I yeah. saw it. I hit it. So I thought I won a long drive. I've been looking for that thing ever since. Never got it. He set me up on it. Ah. You never got that club? No, I didn't get that club. <laughs> 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 you hear a lot of stories about coaches, don't they? Man, that's what's so cool about this thing. There's plenty of those. That's what we tell everybody. There's all those X's and O's podcasts. There's all these things talking about the different aspects of play calling and this and that. But there's not really anything about coaches that they're just storytellers, you know? And it's just that, that fun, this, yeah. you know? And it's really that every coach has always said, I'm going to write a book one of these days. So nobody ever writes a book. And so that's really what we're trying to do is just kind of writing an audio book all the time. For the people in Mexico that you don't have as fans. Yes. Well, we they're, the Chinese and myself. We have Chinese. Who's technology challenged. How do we access It's a good podcasts? question, Mike. It is. Anywhere you go on your phone and you can access podcasts. So I can show you when we get done. Can you do it on Spotify? You can do it on Spotify. You can do it on iHeartRadio. Spotify. You can do it on Spotify. You can do it on Apple Podcasts. You can do it on TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, anywhere you find Google Play. Pandora. Pandora. Podbean. Uh, Podbean. Nobody has. We, we love Podbean. Uh, anywhere you can get your podcast. Twitter. 
It's, it's the tweeter. <laughs> I don't, I, or, or the twi- the twitcher. I'm twitcher, like, twitcher, twitcher. twitcher. That's a, no, that's that that's, was that's what we called that guy in, <laughs> in college. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They call him Twitcher, but yeah, that's where we knew what meth really was. Yeah, that's right. Pass that gal the way over here. What's that Twitter guy doing? Like He's listening to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, I enjoyed it. Yeah, thank you guys yeah, for being fun. here. Yeah. Well, until next time, we will see you next time in the lounge. Take care. Bye. Peace. Enjoyed it. Thank you.